Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Today is a special day because we're going to deal with ladies today. And men, uh, you should definitely lean in because this is going to be good for you. I'm just telling you because <laughs> every dude in the room needs to be honest about what we understand. Amen. Jesus name. All right. But. I love the opportunity to get to introduce guest speakers, and this is my favorite one. Yeah. This guest speaker is my favorite one because I get to live with her. And this past week, I was gone. My dad and my sister and I went skiing, and um, I don't know. I, it, it's awesome to get away, and it's awesome to feel like you hear from the Lord, and, and there's just something special about being in the mountains and being with the Lord, and I had such a great time. But I'm just going to tell you all, my heart really wanted to be with my lady. Because I could tell you all these things about Leah, and she's talented, and she has all these great things. But the thing that I love most about Leah is the woman that she is, and her character, and just what an amazing wife and mom that she is. And so I'm not going to rob her time or tell you too much about her, because she would be mad at me. But I'm just going to tell you that many daughters have done well, but you excel them all that you truly are the Proverbs 31 woman, and I love you, and I'm thankful for you. And I want to tell y'all this before y'all really give the clap, because she's coming up now, so come on up. But I just want to tell y'all this. I'm, I've heard the word that she's got this morning, and I hope y'all are ready, because this is a word. I'm just telling y'all right now, this is a bomb from the Lord. And so if y'all will lean in, God's got something for you, men and women. God's got something for you today. So will y'all do me the honor? And do it the four points way of honoring our guest speaker, who's also my wife and the first lady, Leah Fangle. Thank you. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Uh, well, it was a bomb. Um, it is a bomb for the Lord, but it was a bomb for me as well. So, am I okay? All right. So, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about this man because, yes, he was away, left Monday, came back yesterday. Praise the Lord. Um, but I uh, spoke with someone. They're like, how are you doing with Mark gone? I was like, I'm really good. I'm really good. You know, and, and I said, I can really tell that he misses me. And, he said, and she said, why? Why can you tell that? I said, because he calls me every day, probably two, two and three times a day. And you know what I love about him is that I wanted him to be on this trip, of course, and it was very relaxing for him, and he needs that, of course. But um, he, I just felt the weight of he did not want to experience it without me. And I just appreciate that about you. Uh, you FaceTime me so that I can see the, the, on top of the mountain, and you FaceTime me when you were eating in the restaurant, and you just really try to make me a part of it, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate you because, you know, for a long time, it wasn't good. <laughs> this wasn't good, but it's real good, y'all. It's real good, and I'm more in love with this man today than I did when I first met him, and I just am here to tell you a word that it can get better. It always gets better, but you just trust the Lord. It will get better, but I just appreciate him, and I appreciate um, the love and the covering that he has over me, and um, it's just good. 
And so you can have the highs. It's going to go up again. Don't you worry. God's going to take care of it. And I just want to make a plug, just a shameless plug for his and hers night. Um, raise your hand if you've already gotten tickets or want to go or preparing to go or don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, his and hers night we're having at the end of this worship series, um, this sermon series that we're doing, is a night for, about relationships. And it's going to be March the 3rd. It's Friday night, starting at 7 o'clock. Um, a ticketed event. It's $10 a ticket. You can purchase them out at the Next Steps desk. There'll be someone out there. Um, you guys really don't want to miss this. And you don't have to be married to come. Um, and it's a good word for anyone. But for relationships, for just individual, for uh, husband and wife relationships, you don't want to miss this. Pastor Ron and Hope Carpenter are going to be here. And then Stephen and Lori Ward, our worship leaders, are going to be here. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss this. Get it now before it starts spreading because you do not want to miss that. So get those today as you leave. Um, I really got to get moving. So let me just go ahead and say that we are in a time of transition right now. It's, it's good, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not being negative about it. But we sold our home, living with my mother-in-law, who is wonderful, and then getting ready to go into a home that we are renovating. So in the moment of all of that, you kind of go through, and like we're downsizing, and you're thinking, okay, what do I really need in this house? What do I really want to put back in here? And almost you're like, I, don't, I just want to go with clean slate, and I don't want anything else back in the house. It's all fresh and clean and new. I don't want anything in there that I don't actually need. So I was going through, and Mark's mom helped me with this, with this a little bit, and she was like, you know, I, I look in her drawer for stuff, and, and I look, and I bring it out, and I'm like, what is that? I, I've never seen this before. So I just have to share. I just have to share. Okay, so the first one is this. No, it is not a comb, and it's not a dinglehopper. All your aerial fans out there is not that. So I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, okay, but I, I don't know what this is. It's got to have some kind of purpose. So I had to go and look, at, look it up. Had, the Google knows it, right? Just Google it. It knows what, what it is. So I looked it up, and if you can show the first slide, it's, a, <laughs> it's supposed to be a tomato slicer. So you put it in, and it guides your tomatoes, okay? So somebody said, well, if you're cutting a tomato, and you get, like, right at the very end, you can't cut it all the way. You don't, you can't, you don't have anything to hold on to. So it has a purpose. Yeah, that's really nice. Don't know if you'd use it all the time, but it definitely has a purpose. Didn't know that. So now you have something that can help cut your tomatoes. And I think it does anything, but that's just what its main purpose is. So then we have this lovely thing, and I get that and go, Okay, like really? Oh, my, this is my son's favorite toy. I don't really know why. He just gets it and thinks it's fun to play with. So I'm looking at it, and, and she says to me, do you know what this is? And I'm like, I really have not a clue. Um, I mean, I like to cook, but I'm not all up on the kitchen gadgets and everything. I just get a knife and just cut it, and it'll be done. But this is an egg slicer, but you can't just put any egg in there. There's got to be a hard-boiled egg in there, and then you, you cut it up. Oh! Look how nice that is. Now you don't have to sit there and slice them all. You can just do one fell swoop. There you go. So it has a lovely purpose. Don't really eat eggs a whole lot, so I may not need that. But if you like them, then go ahead. All right, here is the, the kicker. I thought, oh, it's a little maraca. Oh, how nice. No, that's not what it is. Um, <laughs> it's a really funny name. It's called a sock darner. No, I did not use profanity. A sock darner. 
So apparently you put this in a sock and it reveals the hole in the sock so that you can sew it up. Well, that's a great purpose. I probably won't be using that, but it has a really awesome purpose to it. Okay, so there you go. So after all these little lovely gadgets that I found have nice meanings to them, I just kind of thought about this. You know, we all, and not just for women, but mankind, um, we have this, this problem. And this issue that we have is we want to be in a place where we know our role, but we also want to be able to know what our purpose is. And I think man has done a real good job of getting the information out there what your role should be. And they even tell you what your purpose should be. And they think that that comes together. And I'm here to tell you it is very different. Your role and your purpose are two totally different things. And I want to tell you today that I think that the confusion that we have in society for a woman's role and purpose is very different. Purpose is something that only God can design. God can only tell you what your purpose is. Roles, man can go all day long and tell you that you're a cook, a cleaner, um, the mender that uses the sock darner, um, the, uh, the nurturer, the one that has to take care of the kids, clean up the wounds, put on the band-aids, kiss the babies, put them to bed. I mean, that, all those roles are easy to define. But purpose is what brings fulfillment in your life. And today, I just think that that's really where we need to go. And the title of the message is, What Makes a Kingdom Woman? But I think we really need to decide our role versus our purpose. And just kind of clarify that today. Um, and so I wanted to start back. Okay, let's look at what, what caused all this confusion, all right? What, where did we go wrong in society? Well, before... Let's just say World War II. Before World War II, everything was pretty much defined in a role. The woman's role was in the home, okay? Everything in the home, the woman took care of. Everything outside of the home, the man took care of. The roles were very defined. They were very busy, very, very busy, because the man had to earn the money, get everything for, um, for feeding the home, and then the woman took care of it inside. Pretty simple. And I heard somebody, well, I never saw my mom and dad love on each other. They never had time to do anything outside of fun. Well, they didn't have time. They're taking care of you. They're taking care of the house. They were doing all this other stuff, so they didn't have time. But the roles were very simple until the war came, and men had to go off to war. And so then the woman had to take that role, all right? I got to do all the stuff inside the house, and now I've got to go have a job in the factory for my husband so that I can actually make the money, so then, then I can cook the food. So not only does now after... The war, the men come back home. What's man's role? Well, he didn't have a job, and now the woman's not at home. Yikes. So we have a problem. We have, we have a kind of an ordeal that we've, we've come in conflict with because the woman now thinks, well, I can do it. I can do anything a man does. I got this. So now she doesn't only take care of the home. She also owns it. She provides the money to take care of it. So really, in her mind, she's thinking, do I even need him? I got it. I got this. I can take control. Don't you worry. So then, you know, man thinks, well, the only thing I got left is my strength. I, I, I am a dominant person. I'm going to lead with my strength. And a lot of domestic violence took place. And skyrocketed domestic violence took place. Because there was confusion. There was role confusion. And then it became 
no longer simple. And so from then on out, the women's movement came. And I, I know that we've come a long way, but, but you know what? God never intended it to be like that. That was never his intention. The author of confusion and the father of lies sure got his way because society then dictated what your role and purpose should be. And he made that one, and it's not that. It is not one. It is very different and very defined. You know what? Society says, you need to take the lead. You need to go get what you want. You're a confident woman. Go out and get it. Don't wait on a man to do it for you. And I know we've heard that so many times. In a lot of cases, that's true. You are strong. You are a confident woman. But we have to be listening to the right voices that are telling us that. Because we can't just be listening to society. We can't be listening to Satan. We can't be listening to our friends. We can't be listening to the world that wants us to know, well, this is what your purpose is. We have to be listening to the right voices. And let me just tell you, I'm having a little trouble. I love Target. I have a little trouble. I'm having a little trouble with stores everywhere right now, but I have a little trouble with Target because it is my favorite place to shop. I go in, and ladies, what's the first thing that you see? I mean, the dollar aisle, but hey, we just pass that sometimes. The first thing that you see is what? Bathing suits. I want to rip every bathing suit off that rack. I mean, I'm going to rip them off. Are you serious? It's January, people. It's February. They, put, they really put them out in January, honestly. It is January. I am not thinking about bathing suits. No, but society knows that I'm going to let her see that every time she walks by so that I can say, all right, ladies, it's time to eat the celery. It's time to work your tail off so that you can get in this bathing suit so you can look all nice and fit the mold. Nah. Bump that. Bump it. I'm like, no. Kick the door down. I'm not listening to that anymore. Because you know what? I have experienced freedom in Christ And I know where my true identity comes from. And it's taken me a long time to get there. And I'm still working on it. I mean, hey, nobody has arrived. And nobody will arrive until we get to glory. But I'm 30, almost 36. And I'm just now starting to walk in freedom of knowing I don't have to listen to all of that. God has told me my purpose. And I am defined by him. Not what a role says that I have to do. And so I just want you to share that same thing today and live in that freedom Many of you know your role or your function. You live it every day. Man, you know your role and function too. You live it every day. And that is okay. It gets the job done. Gets what you want. Lady, you might be very dominant over your man. But I read something from an author that said, you know, there was a lady who was um, necessarily a pursuer. She, she found a man that she liked. She pursued him. She, um, you know, initiated the relationship. She paid for the date. She uh, initiated the kiss. She did all these. She even said, no, I'm going to have this job, and you change for my needs. And then she, all this stuff, she ended up dominating over him. And then 10 years down in the marriage, she was like, God, he won't do anything. I can't get him to do anything. He's not motivated. He just sits there. Well, I wonder why. It's because you never let him lead. Women, I know that you think, well, you don't know my man. No, I don't. I don't. But I do know that the way that we have been doing this is not working. And I'm all about changing it up. Let's just not keep doing the same old thing and expect the same results because that's insanity. We're living in insanity if we think that we keep on doing the same thing and going to get different results from it that it's going to change anything and it's not. So let's break down those walls. 
Let's find our true role and purpose in Christ, and let's not let society dictate that to us. Um, You know, I think everything, I know everything has a purpose. And when I think about that, (coughs) excuse me, everything that was created has a purpose. And and a lot of times created to solve a problem, whether it's good or bad. Um, You know, things were created, all these gadgets were created because we saw a problem. Okay, it's really hard to, you know, slice that egg. Maybe I can create something to help it out. I'm going to help a sister out in that kitchen. I'm going to get her that egg slicer and she's going to do it in half the time. And that's true. Everything has a purpose and was created to solve a problem. And I just think that when you look to other things to find your purpose, ladies, a lot of times we go to other ladies, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing life with others. God wants us to do that because we're relational beings. But you can't go to the thing and expect him to tell you what your purpose is. You have to go to the the one who made the thing, and that's Christ. And you have to go and ask him every day and be intentional about it. God, show me my purpose and what I'm supposed to do with my life. Lead me in that every single day and walk in him. You have to go to the mind of the creator because he's the only one that knows what the true purpose of what he created is supposed to do. And I heard this um, quote. It's, gosh, it's amazing. I'm going to let you chew on it for a little bit because it took me a while to understand. But when purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Just think about that for a second. So I was like, purpose unknown. Oh. And then I start thinking through different things. Like, okay, if I don't know what marriage is for, if I don't know what the purpose of woman is for, if I don't know what the purpose of man is for, and and then even go down to the, the, the things that we deal with every day. If I don't know what the intent of drugs are supposed to be used for, then they will be abused. If I don't know the purpose of daily things, My calendar, if I don't know the purpose of my calendar is to schedule my day and I live and die by that thing, and if I don't have it, my life is going to be, oh, there's nothing wrong with planning. But if that's your sole guiding force of your day, it can be abused. And all that can be focused on, well, i got to check, 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 check. I mean, that's me. I'm going to check it off my list. If I live and die by that and I abuse what the purpose is supposed to be for, then it will always happen that abuse will come in. And if we know the purpose of man and woman and life and marriage and singleness and our gifts and our talents and our job, if we know the purpose behind that and we're kingdom-minded, and that's what God wants us to be, a kingdom woman, a kingdom man. If we're kingdom-minded and we understand the purpose of it, it's not going to be abused. It's not going to be abused. So I'm going to start in Genesis chapter 2. Um, We're going to start in 18 through 20. And in this short just caption of creation, gosh, it has so much. And it has so much that I cannot give it all to you today. There's just so much to glean from the word. And I just challenge you to go back and read it and read it and read it and let God speak to you. But we're going to start in verse 18. It says, Then the Lord said, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Everybody say just right who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave the names of all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. So God was preparing man, placed him in the garden. He 
told him to work it, to take care of it, in the verses before this. And then he said, I'm going to start giving you some authority. Um, I want you to name the animals. I want you to start exercising that authority that you have been given for me. So he starts to do that. And then we find that no longer is a dog a man's best friend because no one is suitable to help this man. And so, woman, I would be encouraged. This is not a message for you today, and this is not a word from the Lord that says you are any less or you are weaker in value. You are weaker in strength but not weaker in value. This is encouraging because, hey, God said he can't do it alone. i got to put somebody there to help him out, and it's you. It's you. That's your purpose is to be the one alongside of him to help him. What an honor that is. And if we look at it in the right context and say, that's amazing. That's not negative. He's not sexist. He's not wanting to demean women. He made you on purpose. And he took a little bit of time, too, to make you. From Adam, he just blew it. Dust came into the, the body. There you go. I mean, isn't that like a man? One done. There you go. I mean, you don't need to look pretty. There's no, you know, forming all that. There's no fixing the hair. There's nothing like that. You just one done out the door. But God... He knew. He, he formed that woman. Can I get an amen from a man here? He formed that woman. He didn't just breathe into her and then it just came to be. No, he pulled that out of Adam. In verses 21 through 23, this is what he says next. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. So I just want to sit on this for just a minute. Can you go back to the, the verses before that in 21? It says that he took the man's rib out, closed up the opening, and by the way, is the physician. He is the great physician. So if you're needing healing today, he is, I don't know why I said that. I think the Lord just told me to say that. He is the great physician. He put that man to sleep. He performed that surgery. He can heal you. He can heal any situation as he is the great physician. But he took that out of man alongside of the woman. That's very important. It wasn't from the top of his head. It wasn't from the bottom of his feet. It wasn't from his back. It was from his side alongside of him. And God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. All right, so, so okay, so, so she's a helper. That was God's intent. Even before he created her, he said, I'm going to find a helper fit for you. Helper in the, the Hebrew means, this is fascinating, a perfect match for supplying strength in places where he is weak. Oh, somebody should be saying amen to that, to a, a meaning. And whenever that word was used, I found that um, that was kind of like explaining God's strength. His strength is already in you. That's what he made you to be. That's the helper that you can be, is his strength, not your own. God, because some days, mm-mm. Some part of them don't want me to help. I don't want help. But like, you go find your own help. Mm-mm, I'm done, done with helping. But I don't have to look to my own strength. Glory, that should be so freeing. I can look to his strength. God, please help me. I know that this is my purpose. I know that in my being, I should want to help him. But today, I just don't feel like it. And that's okay. He knows that we're human. He knows that we had the fall. He knows that we're going to have struggles along the way. But he said it's his strength that's going to allow you to be that helper, not yours. 
And so the other thing that I thought was so interesting is that he brought the woman to man. So man was alone when he was created, and then woman was alone when she was created. They were not tied together yet. So woman, man, you are not tied to any human being because you are a spirit being. You have a body in order to rule authority over this world. That's what you were given by him. And you, number one sole purpose, is to have that relationship with him. She was supposed to be single. Single women, I, I, I do not, I cannot speak from this, but I just know what the word says. You're supposed to be married to, to the Lord first. And that's like, oh, great, thanks. That's a good word. That was a good word, Leah. Thanks a lot. That gives real encouragement to me. But it should, if you understand the purpose of that, if you understand it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about always bringing glory to him. You should be married to your Lord first. And then he's preparing you for a man. Man, he's wanting you to be in his presence first. And then he will prepare you for woman. You are not tied together in the beginning. You were supposed to do life together relational, work together, collaborate together. That's even what that word means in the Hebrew is um, the helper. The helper comes along with the one that is a counterpart, and they're supposed to collaborate together. You're supposed to listen to each other. Don't say your ideas don't matter. They do matter. Don't say, man, your ideas don't matter. They do matter, and you're supposed to work together. You know, when you put together a puzzle, if anybody likes to put together puzzles or has children that likes to put puzzles together, isn't it so frustrating? you got like one piece left and you cannot find it anywhere. I mean, you look on the carpet, you're looking everywhere, and you just can't find it. And you're like, oh, there's just one piece and nothing else I can do will fit there. I have to find that one piece. And if that one piece is not there and you never find it, it's incomplete. You don't get the whole picture. That's how our relationships should be with each other. His and hers. A perfect match. A perfect part of the puzzle. We were even made to fit together. Glory. Yes. We were even made to fit together. Some of y'all will get that in a minute. Um, you can go home and practice on that. Uh, anyway, so we were even made to fit together. You are his perfect fit. And God knew exactly what he was doing. Another part of this is we were supposed to help, not compete. You know, so many times I would come home and I would be like, yeah, look at all I did. And he's just walking in the door, expecting me to have all this stuff done. Mm-mm. That ain't going to happen today. Sorry. Nope. He didn't tell me, hey. He just walked in the door. I'm not doing it today, Lord. I'm sorry. He didn't give me what I needed. But I was never supposed to compete with him. I have my purpose and my responsibilities, and he has his purpose and his responsibilities. And then in the messages that we've shared before about mutual submission, it's always how can I help you? So then the man becomes the helper as well. Because we're all doing it out of his strength, not our own. So I just wrote down a couple of things about when we compete. Because I feel like it's where a lot of us sit. I know it's where I sit a lot of times as a woman, as I compete, not only with man, but with woman in our relationships. I compete with what I'm doing or what I'm not doing or what I should be doing or what Pinterest says I should be doing. Ugh. It's a great tool, but without knowing this purpose, it would be abused. And a lot of us, it's abused, making all these boards, 
Oh, this is what my life looks like. No! You at your birthday party got little Dollar General cups and nothing's homemade, and that's okay. Live in freedom of that. Say, well, I didn't make nothing in this party. This is amazing. <laughs> I bought it all from Dollar General. <laughs> they have freedom in that, absolutely. And if you want to make it, more power to you. Use your gifts that God has given you. But we, why do we put that on each other? God never said to put that on each other. You were supposed to be, be, be in communion with each other and with Christ. That's how we fulfill the purpose that he's given us. And so we were made in 1 Corinthians eleven seven. 7. said, a man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for a man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory, and woman reflects man's glory. And so there is alignment. Man, this goes for you too. There has to be alignment in order for you to get your assignment. There has to be an alignment underneath the Godhead. Man, that's where you have to be, right underneath there. And woman, you're under all those. And I'm sorry if that offends some of you, but I'm with God on this one. I have an alignment that I am supposed to fall under. It is not so that I have to submit to a man. It says I'm supposed to submit to my husband legitimately under God's order. That's what he tells me to do. Because there's a blessing that comes from that. If I'm not aligned properly with what he's told me to do and I'm following underneath his submission, I'm missing the blessings that he has for me. I'm missing for the word that he has for me. I'm missing that. Because to go against man is to go against God's authority because they're in line. Now, man, you may think, yes, right. No, you have to be in alignment with God too. You don't have to say you got to submit to me and what I say to do. And, you know, hey, I know, I know we're in a modern age, but there are still homes that deal with that. You have to fall under God's alignment. And then it will filter down to the woman. And then when that happens, there'll be no problem in submitting because then I know what marriage is supposed to be and that's the perfect picture of the covenant that I have with Christ. And I don't mind submitting to you because I know by submitting to you, I'm submitting to God. It's freeing. It's not a jail sentence. It's not I have my hands tied and I can't voice my concerns or my cares or my needs. It's freeing to know that I can fall right underneath him. And it takes both of us working on that with the Lord. We were made for man. We were to enrich the man. My mother-in-law said the coolest thing, and I thought this was so, we made um, Mark a cake last night. The kids want to make a cake. And oh, they, they just, Lainey just loves to be in the kitchen. So she did it all herself, and she was like, Mommy, when can I put the icing on? Mommy, when can I put the icing on? Mommy, when can I put the icing on? I'm like, oh, no, it's going to melt. you got to wait till it cools off. But then I thought about this, and she said this, you know what? A cake is just a cake. But it's even better when you got the icing on it. The man is the cake a lot of times in our life, but it is so much better when we got that icing on there. And that's woman. We are supposed to enrich him, build him up, build him up in that manhood. Because in order for that man to realize my worth and my value and to be under the role of God's, you know, made him to be, if you are living under that, it makes him do that all the more. It makes him want to be that man that, he, that God wants him to be and designs him to be all the more. And we're supposed to help rule. Woman, there's nothing wrong with you being a CEO, a leader, um, speaker. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things. Nothing at all. God's given you amazing talents, and you should use them. But you have to understand 
the purpose of them. Therefore, it won't be abused. <clears throat> and woman, you know, the man has the strength. Literally, that's what it says, the strength. But you are the soft side of that strength. You think, well, I'm a little hard sometimes. That's okay. I mean, I know we have different personalities. I'm not trying to say a quiet spirit, a gentle spirit, and being quiet all the time. I'm not saying that at all. But you're supposed to come alongside of him and help him in the marriage, help him in the workplace. He's supposed to come alongside of you and help you too. That's mutual submission. As long as we understand the purpose of what God wants us to do. We're the nurturer, the compassionate one. We're the caretakers. We have that intuitive spirit though. We know something's not right. We know that there's something wrong with our children. We know there's something wrong with our man. God's given that. But those are his qualities. Whatever is in man is God's, God's nature, God's characteristics. Whatever is woman is his characteristics as well. So whatever's in God is in you. That should be so, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to know that I have all of these amazing qualities and God's empowered me to do so much than just what my role is day in and day out. I have a purpose. God designed me on an intent to help and to be in his presence and to, yes, be the nurturer, be the, have the compassion that we need. But so many times we look and say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Sometimes your purpose is not known. In work, down the line, it may come when you're... 80, it may come down at the last few moments of your life, your purpose is fulfilled. But I do know one purpose that God wants you to fulfill. I know one thing that he wants you to do, and that's to glorify him. In all we do, man or woman, we are supposed to glorify him. You know what, I keep hearing this, and I told Mark, I kept hearing this over and over and over, that you are blessed to be a blessing. You know, if my life and, and all the things that I do... Ooh, I got I to work on it every day. Then I have to realize that. I can't be a blessing until I realize that I'm blessed. So I got to get the first part of it first before I can give out to anybody else. And so I think it's a cycle. I think the nurturing, the helping comes, but then we got to be replenished. And the only place to do that is in God's presence. Where it all began, where he formed us, where he made us by ourselves, with him in his presence. Single ladies, if you're looking for a man, look to see if he's in God's presence. And I'm not trying to say, ooh, I'm going to look for a man that's worshiping today. Uh-uh. But, but it should be evident. He shouldn't have to tell you, I worship God every day. You should see it in his life. That's the number one thing you should be looking for because that's where he was created first is in God's presence. So that cycle comes in and out. I help, I nurture, I contribute, I help rule, but then I come back to the king. And I sit and I glean at his feet. And then I'm fulfilled. And then I go out and then I nurture and then I help. And then I deal with my kids. Glory to God. And I do all these things. Then I come back to the king. Because that's my purpose. And I'm fulfilling it day in and day out. And I am... Um, in 1 Peter 3, I just encourage you to read all of it because it's, it's an amazing passage. But I feel like I'm supposed to share um, basically what the meat of this is about wives and about husbands. Is that accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any 
words. Ouch. They will be won over by the observing your pure and reverent lives. That's hard. (laughs) Because I'm going to be like, they're not doing it fast enough, Lord. You don't get it. I need to tell him what to do. Because he ain't doing it. Fall under his alignment. And be in his presence. And let him work it out. He created him. He's the creator. He made him. He knows a lot more about him than you do. Even if you've been with him for 50 years. He knows so much more about him than you do. Let him lead. Let him lead. It's so hard to fall back and go, here you go, God. I can't do it anymore. I surrender it all. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should close yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty, a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Oh, I want what's so precious to God. (laughs) I want that in my life so bad. It doesn't mean that you have to be weak. It means that you're meek. Blessed are those who are meek. It's power under control. You have power. But it's choosing to pull back the reins. And say, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you do it, God, because you know better than I do. And then husbands, it addresses you too. In the same way as husbands, honor your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Yikes. Don't let your prayers be hindered. Treat her as Christ loves the church. And then that mutual submission and that perfect peace will fit together. There are going to be hard times. We're, we're fall, we've fallen. Yeah, we are. But if we understand that the purpose of marriage is to show the world that he is our God, that he is their God, is my life showing the world that he is my God? In my singleness, in my marriage, in my job, in my gifts, in my talents, in my womanhood, are those things showing that he is my God? That's my only purpose is to live in him and to show the world that he is the one true God. And to be a kingdom woman, look to your creator because he purposed you to be blessed. Woman, man, you are blessed. You are blessed. So now be a blessing to others. You know what, I just thought about all these kitchen gadgets. They, they are, they're great, but I really couldn't show you unless I had the counterpart with it. It wouldn't fully function and fill out his purpose or its purpose if the other thing wasn't with it. And so your counterpart, we were made to be together. We were relational people. We're made to fit together. So stop fighting the gender roles. Align under him and what he says is true. Be in his presence. Fill out your purpose and say, you know what, God? In order for me to find my purpose, I just got to surrender. I just got to surrender. Surrender, purpose equals surrender. And ladies, I just feel like today, um, somebody spoke a word over me and it was so powerful. It was so powerful. And I've never, I've never had that happen in my whole life. But I've always struggled to find what I'm supposed to do. 
You know, I hear so many times, what's my role? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? What nobody ain't telling me? Well, I'm not going up there because I know they ain't telling me what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what purpose is. I can't find it. Well, you're not going to until you surrender it all to him and say, I'm just, I'm just here. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. Even if it looks crazy. If it looks crazy, it says, quit your job and go and find what you want to do. Go and find what I'm calling you to do. <laughs> no, I ain't doing that. Uh-uh, because that's, 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 that's scary. But you do. You have to, and this is not a message about quitting your job. No. This is about finding the purpose that God has for you and saying, I give it all away. I'm surrendering it. I'm surrendering what my role is supposed to be, and I'm letting you tell me what my purpose is in my life. And I'll give you all the praise and all the glory belongs to you because you are my God. And I want to let the world know how amazing and blessed that you have made me so that I can bless others. If you just bow your heads and pray with me this morning. I just feel like this is a real personal moment. And um, men, Pastor Mark made a charge over you, and you guys came down front. It was so powerful. And this is for not just women, but for anyone. I just, we're getting ready to sing Place of Freedom, and it's my absolute favorite song, because that's what we want this house to be. That's what we want your heart to be, is to find that place of freedom. And I feel like in this house today, there are some that, I don't know the Lord. I don't know this God that you're talking about. I've never asked him to be my God. I don't know what a relationship looks like with him. I really need that. I want to challenge you to come down front. Make this your altar. Make this your place of freedom. Ladies, I would ask if everyone would stand up that, that's able to stand. If you would stand right now, all ladies. Man, I don't want you looking. This is not necessarily for you. You feel what you need to do through the Spirit and as the Spirit leads you as we worship in just a minute. Or you come down to the front and pray if you need to and make this your place of freedom. But ladies, I just want to challenge you today because I am in a place that is still learning, is still seeking what God wants me to do. But I know that through the journey, through the trials, through the pain, that my sole purpose is to glorify Him. I would love for you to come down and pray. Um, so in just a minute, if you would make your way down to the altar, I just want you to know that you can find your freedom in Him. You don't have to listen to what society says. You don't have to do what's been done before. All you have to do is listen to Him. I'm going to pray in just a minute. Remember, ladies, I'm going to pray over you. And I just challenge you just to come down, make this place your altar, and make it your place of freedom today. Say, I surrender it all to you, and I'm wanting freedom today in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you so much. God, thank you for this word. It has spoke to my heart tremendously. And God, I just want to align underneath you because I want whatever is precious to you. God, I want that in my life. I want others to know that you are my God, and you are so good, and I am so blessed even if I don't have anything to my name, God, it would still be enough because you are enough. Lord, I pray that those would feel that today and feel the weight taken off of them. Ladies, the weight is taken off of you, that you have to do it all, be it all, say it all. That's off. Lord, I pray that we reclaim our womanhood in Jesus' name today so that we know that you have made us on purpose and we are intentional beings and that we have power under control 
that we are here to help, but God, the most important place is to be in your presence and let the world know that you are our God. In Jesus' name, amen.